Back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, and today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out their pre-made alcoholic drink. Uh, or you can just stick to the original mix and add your own alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 877-374-7463 is your number to participate. Want to welcome Lubbock, 100.7 The Score FM, to the uh, second hour into the show. Hope you're having a great Wednesday here on Hump Day. And if you're just joining in, um, this is what we've kind of talked about so far in the first hour. Of course, the biggest story in sports coming in today, I know we've got Super Bowl week going on, but it's LeBron James surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, we talked about how I feel, in my opinion, since he's been a polarizing figure uh, for so long, a decade here. So where, when I say a decade, I mean like really where the debate starts. Like this whole Jordan, is he the GOAT and all that. Um, really outspoken with a lot of things he's done off the court. We're in social justice. Just a polarizing figure. And, and, and to me, in my opinion, him, even though we all witnessed it last night, I mean, him passing Kareem does, I, in my opinion, whatever side of the fence you set on with LeBron, I don't think that changes that today. I think you still feel the way that you do um, about him either way. But it's a hell of an accomplishment. Uh, he's not my particular GOAT. He's in the conversation, but Jordan's going to be mine. Uh, you know, um, there's a lot of reasons for that. But, however, he's definitely in the uh, conversation. Uh, we talked about, um, really, if you look at it, I mean, we touched a little bit on that. Jonas had let me know that people were going outraged because of people had their phones out and nobody was really paying attention. I'm like, where did those people, I mean, where, I mean, where have they been? That's just the way it is. And I'm the guy that doesn't like that. But even I'm not going to have the red ass and complain like that. I mean, I just understand what people, what life they've been living in, you know, like you trapped in DeLorean or something, man. You know, with Marty McFly? Tell me you leave seen that movie, Jonas, right? Seen Back to the Future, right? Wow. Wow. That's man. gonna be a negative there, Cal. Wow. Just for our new listeners, there's a thing that's ongoing on the show where, you know, Jonas is I feel like he's like damn near half my age or basically like thirty years younger the way he makes it feel. But some of the classic movies, I mean, what is it, about a fifteen year age gap between us? Um there's some class. I understand being born in like different areas, but there are just some movies that that are iconic. That I just don't understand black, white, Chinese, Samoan that you just haven't seen. Uh, but that's a whole other show, another story. But that that's surprising. You have not e not even the first one. None of them. I mean, I stopped I, after there's number a, there's two, like three, right? Yeah, I haven't seen. I think any they of got them. all the way up to four, but I stopped after the second one because it got kind of cheesy at that time, kind of corny. So I was like, nah. But anyway, that's that's crazy. But moving on, I just don't know where those people been. They've been trapped. You know, like that's what people do, pull out their phones. Um, but he's definitely got more candid with how he feels of his accomplishments, where he puts his own self in the game. And he's kind of earned, uh, you know, that right up. To, and he's still got some some years left to see what he can do. You know, what do you got? 
on on that remark that he had, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of saying that he still has more. He, I mean, he he did drop the fact, you know, for an, another group of guys or any for any franchise. I think that I can still bring a, a championship or, or championships to another franchise. Right. Um, on the night that you do this. Again, we talked about yesterday, uh, LeBron almost wrote this chapter in his book because he determined he was going to go to L.A. He knew that he was only, uh, uh, he he was approaching the record, so why not do it in purple and gold? And so now, on on the night that you have that mission accomplished, and you're saying, all right, well, I'm ready to go play for another franchise if we can't do things here. Is that it how kind we're of flew under, that's that's how I'm taking it. It flew under the radar, but we already know Genie Bus is already cl- is, is closing the checkbook. Um, what happens here? The reports already right now. But what was the exact question to him again that respond that he responded that way with? Because I've got to know what is the if he sits there and says, "Well, I think I can win a championship." Any any team, like when he says any team I go to, I feel like I can bring a championship to. To me, I've got to see what was that. How was that question asked? Like, what made him say that? Because I don't know if I'll take that. The fact, like, hey, I can go play. I'm not. I'm leaving L.A. I don't. I don't know if I automatically take that that way. But well, I just got to see what. How to do? How, I don't know if you, maybe you don't know how the question was answered. But I would have to see how. I mean, how it was asked. I would have to see how it was asked first. It was talking with Shaq on the TNT post game. Okay. And so you know, he's just talking about the achievement and everything. Like, do you have? Do you have more in the tank, LeBron? Now, are you really going to try and set this record that nobody else can ever touch? And Braun is like, I, I have more years. Whether it's, you know, I think that I can bring bring more championships or a championship, you know, work with another. I've got a couple more years yet. Whether it's any group of guys, any franchise, and he dropped okay. that nugget there. Okay, well, if he said it on TNT, and that's the platform he said it on, I would just take that to where really what he's doing is just putting it out there, letting it know, like, I'm not ready to quit. And also, I'm not just basically hanging on to pad on to the stats or pad on to my assist stats. So let me see if I can climb to number two overall. And say, what He's not hanging around for that. So I take it that's why I put out there. But also, what you got to understand, too, Jonas, is the fact that Jenny Buzz and the Laker organization, they might be looking to say, look, man, I mean, we got one title in the bubble in the ballroom. It hasn't really worked out. We let him bring in some guys that he wanted to play with. They might be to a situation where they're ready to move on. They, they, they got the record. They, they own the record now. The record stays in their uniform in purple and gold. Now, I've said that LeBron is always going to be a Cav. He's always going to be a Cav. But the reality of it is the, the scoring title was broken while he was wearing a Laker jersey. So now that they've got past that accomplishment and Jenny's kind of kept the checkbook closed for the last few years, they might be ready to move on from LeBron. It might be a mutual thing. Well, we know he wants to play with Bronny, but right. the Lakers were like within the last twenty minutes. You know, since we came coming back from the last break, right. um, reports are coming out: the Lakers and the Utah Jazz and the Minnesota Timberwolves are in trade talks, a three-team deal that would land D'Angelo Russell, you know, from Minnesota back to LA. Um, would send Mike Conley Jr. from Utah to Minnesota and Russell Westbrook to Utah. So do you think that that kind of a move, going after D'Lo, kind of almost counters that and says, Jeannie hears that and says, oh, Ron, we want to keep you here. Let's go. Get, let's get you somebody else. Let's go after Russell. Well, I think Palenque and Jenny are operating in the moment while he's there. I'm not trying to tell you that they're going to sit there and say, let's kick LeBron out of L.A., 
what I'm telling you is that it could be a mutual situation because eventually when that time comes and Bronny comes out to the draft or whatever the case may be, one and done, whatever, then it could be that situation be like that's where it could be. But for right now, them engaging, if you're telling me this is coming down the wire and trade talks, I mean, what that tells me more is like, yeah, they're trying to win now while you have him. But really what that move, I mean, they've been trying to get rid of Westbrook since the summer before the season started. Okay. Let's just keep that. Let's keep that real. Let's keep that 100 as the youngsters say. Also, what it shows me too, is they're trying to get more scoring. D'Angelo Russell, like, I mean, that guy, he didn't got no skins on the wall. I mean, yeah, he played in LA. He came back, he, he could score, but he's, they're looking for more scoring. Like, like that. I mean, he hasn't been there yet. He hasn't been to a finals yet. He hasn't been in that situation, but he can help out this situation because the Lakers have a lack of scoring. Anthony Davis, Maverick Carter, and Clutch Sports put this whole plot together for years. This, this was like a plan in the making, I think, for two or three years. Manipulating the situation to try to get him out of the 504 which is in New Orleans. And the reason why they put this whole effort in to get him out of there, to get him to L.A., was to take pressure off of LeBron during the regular season, to have him fresher come playoffs. Injuries has not allowed that to happen to Anthony Dave. That plan has blown up in their face because LeBron is still carrying the team. Hell, the one thing we didn't talk about yet, even we've been on almost over two hours now, is the fact they lost last night. They lost the game. That is a team that the Oklahoma Thunder, that's a team that's right there with the Lakers that they're going to be competing with the second half of the season for a play-in spot. And credit to Oklahoma. I mean, that's a young team that was in a finals type of atmosphere. And I know the head coach from Oklahoma said, hey, I was hoping, I was wanting my game. They lost the night before to Golden State. They're in a back-to-back young team. But even the coach said, hey, I would like my team to be in this. This is part of the growing process. They need to be in an environment like this. That was a finals. That was Staples Center. In Staples, well, Crypto Center. That was Crypto Center atmosphere in a finals in L.A. And credit to Oklahoma. They, they came out punching. And they never let they never gave up the lead. So to me, I just feel that this whole trade rumor that I mean, Russell, it just adds more scoring. Um, and the only thing I'll say about Russ, but eventually you got to move. I mean, Russ is a professional. He's a vet. And if I'm Russ and, and I've been one of his critics, but the one thing I will basically stick up for Russ on this one. If I'm Russ, I'm thinking like, well, damn, man, I didn't done everything y'all have asked me to do. I'm in conversation for six man of the year. I agreed to come off the bench. Now, there's a report. I didn't hear this, but there's a report this morning that I heard that him and Ham, I guess, got into a shouting match. Now, is this I don't know how much details, you know, on that was that like during the course of the game? Was this after the game or when did this take place? Was this a practice or something? Uh, reports were halftime. So they went in the locker room and, th- and there was that altercation at that point. And what would you reporting on it? So right. Well, look, I, I think that again, I, I, you know, no one was there. Only they know what happened. I mean, what was just very connected into the NBA. I would just tell you that if you, if you think about this, is a night for LeBron. All his teammates knew 
that, yes, they're trying to fight for their playoff lives just to get in the tournament or get in the playoff game. But everybody their mama knew in purple and gold that was in that training staff, guys, the 12 guys, 11 other guys on the team, coaches, assistants, everybody knew that that was LeBron's night. Okay? So you got to understand there's something that comes with that. But I think this Russ thing, that's about weeks and months of frustration building up to like, yo, I'm tired. Because keep in mind, remember, his name came out in the trade for Kyrie Irving. The one that the owner turned down. Russ was in that. So let me go ahead and basically play the psychic here a little bit and read into how I read in the story. Like I told you that there was Get personal between Yeah. This is Russ saying, look, y'all are still trying to move me when I've taken a role off the bench. I'm in this. I'm, I'm either one or two and really in a serious conversation about winning six men of the year. And y'all and you're going to sit there and say the problems of what I'm bringing to the team is a reason why we're, we're not even in playoff contentions right now. I mean, like we're not a top eight seed at least. That blow up in that locker room had a lot to do with frustrations. And I think, again, I take everything by case-by-case basis. I would sit there and say, you know what, I got to feel Russ on this one. Because they've got other problems besides just, you know, just Russ. Last year he was awful. This role with Ham convincing him to go to – and that's probably good. Like, yo, man, I did this for you. I love Darvin Ham. Liked it when he played. I think any Red Raider in Texas Tech, Darvin Ham didn't play it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Don't want to make a mistake. In Lubbock this early, but I thought there was a connection there. Could be wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Um, but he doesn't. He didn't have any skin, he, right? I thought I was right. Yeah, tech. You see, Lubbock. Hey, man, they, they just ain't letting nobody in your city to know anything now. I know a little Red Raider history. Cause I think he shattered that backboard one time in college or whatever. But he was a beast. I liked him when he played. But the reality of it is he don't have skins on the wall. I mean, he's coming. This is his first coaching job. He's not a Popovich, a Phil, a Doc Rivers, a Steve Kerr. He ain't coming. Hey, Russ, I need you to come off the bench. So imagine that conversation in regards when it first said, hey, Russ, this is what we need to do. He bought into it. So I can see whatever that altercation was at halftime, that has a little bit to do with it, in my opinion. 877-374-7463. Before we get into NFL talk and leave the NBA, there's a couple of the points I want to bring up that took place last night across my radar again. Atlanta, Hawks. They're just bad. They're just, I mean, the way they play, if you watch them, the way they play can be so, it can be very upsetting and frustrating if you're a fan of the game in the NBA. Nate McMillan, it might as well be Jonas and myself on that sideline. We could get them to respond more than what Nate McMillan. They're not listening to Nate McMillan. They don't play any defense. And you know what? I'm going to tell you this. The same criticism that I've been getting, the same take I've given about Luka Doncic is the same thing I'll put Trey, Trey Young in that same category. Until he commits to try to play defense, and it's not all about lobbing the ball up to Clint Capella, or I'm going to pull up here from the logo and do this, the AK want to be Steph's life. If he doesn't commit to playing some defense, Atlanta's not going anywhere. Now, they've got bigger problems than what it is with Luke in Dallas. They've got a problem with a head coach in Nate McMillan that is not is tuning them out. They gave up a quite big to get DeJounte Murray. 
This is a team that is bad right now, underachieving. If I had a list in the NBA right there is the is the most they would have to win the war right now for the most underachieving team. The conference they planned, what was projected them, and what's going. I know we've got some other ones that could be some honorable mentions, but that's the truth. And you know what the theme I'm finding out in the NBA too? It you know young. This is a young man's game. The NBA is a young man. It always will be. But what I'm seeing right now, early on, as we get to the halfway mark, is that you know what. Veteran savvy is still a premium price that you need to pay. If you look at the teams that had success last year that the media, hey, man, I can't wait. Next year they're going to go. Memphis, Minnesota. I'm not going to put Atlanta. I'm not going to put Atlanta in there because Atlanta kind of slid back last year. Well, no, no, I'm take that back. It was the Knicks that slid back last year. So put Atlanta in there. Who else am I missing? I said, those are the three main ones, Minnesota, Memphis, and Atlanta. But especially Minnesota and Memphis, that lets you know those they don't really have veteran veterans presence on the team that can basically teach a young group how to deal with success. I've always said that. It's how you handle success, and if you can keep building, does it drag you down? And those that's what's kind of teaching me this young NBA season as we hit to the halfway mark. Let's jump into NFL talk when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Skyline Studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb you can call that mental freeze when these people talk too much put that in slow motion yeah i feel like an astronaut in the ocean hey, what you know about all right back here on the sports grind calvin casey jonas clark producing spit of the one and twos 877-374-7463 is your number to participate we are broadcasting here from the hazel sky online studios don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at SportsCry. And if you um, 
ever miss any episodes of the show, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the daily podcast and you can check the whole three hours in its entirety by just clicking the play button as well, too. 877-374-7463. All right, so before we totally leave, we got to go back to Facebook Live. We've got questions coming in. Uh, we can go to Adam Martinez, who's checking in with us. Uh, he says, Calvin, if the Spurs trade anyone tomorrow, do you think it will be uh, Patel or Richardson or both? Let's see. Uh, Patel should bring back at a first rounder and maybe Richardson too. Your thoughts? Um, well, look, like I said, Jonas has been trying to trade Yaka out of here for like the last three seasons. Um, you know, Richardson, if you ask me what I, I mean, first of all, Richardson is a guy that I would like to try to keep on this squad. I mean, now that's being a little bit selfish because I think Richardson's a guy that's probably deserved and earned the right to play for a contending team. To help a contending team out, he'd be a great addition to help a contending team out. He can score. But I think that I would really want to keep him because, you know, depending on what's going to be in that lottery, because the Spurs are going to, in my opinion, and I hope I don't jinx it, but I'm comfortable with it, I don't see them falling past four, um, a top four pick. I really don't. They're going to lose a lot of games, um, and they'll have a chance. I really – I mean, I think if they fall at four, they kind of got screwed. But at worst-case scenario – I don't see them falling past four, which would still be a decent player that we haven't had or been able to get a type of talent like that in free agency or in a draft in a long time. So I would like to keep Richardson to bring around to be part of a piece that goes with that, whoever that player is going to be, especially if it's the number one overall pick. So I don't know if they would move both. And again, I'll keep going back to this. Look, Number one picks in the NBA, man, are not on the level of first round picks in the NFL. And these GMs in the last year, a couple years ago, going to, I'm going to call it out Pressy too, because down in Oklahoma, he kind of started all this. Danny Ainge really did. But, you know, all this acquiring and accumulating first picks in the NBA, really, what does it really amount to, really? I mean, and they get passed along, really. I mean, it, to me, you, we talk about inflation, the value of these first round picks has been inflated. You know, I mean, in my opinion. So to me, and I'm going to say this too. Keep in mind, I still believe as long as that guy roams the sideline in Coach Pop, there are going to be certain guys that are just guys that don't move out of here, even at the value here and there. I don't know if I'm putting Yaka on that. I pretty, I wouldn't put Richardson on that list, but I would say Yaka could possibly be part of that. That's on that list, but to me. I understand what the mission was in hand, but you're really downsizing. I mean, the height and bigs, the problem on this team, it's been like that for years. So you really be trading back the one big guy that you got that, you know, Jonas keeps telling me is one of the best pick and roll players in the NBA. Is it really worth it to get back some ones? I don't know, you know, but we'll see what we'll see. I mean, and this is another thing, Adam, just to leave it on this note before we go in the NFL. I, on this show, I've never liked talking trade deadline with the Spurs. They never really do anything. Like we we I I, fl- I get questioned all the time since I've been doing this around this time of year about should the Spurs do this or the Spurs are going to do this the Spurs are rumored to do this and they never trade they never trade go ahead what you got well they did last year and that's how they ended up with Josh Richardson because they moved what was Derek that White for the first round pick and Romeo Langford 
Okay. Um, and they, well, I'm sorry. A broke, a broke clock is right twice a day. But go ahead, though. Well, trends can also start, and so the Spurs have already made a couple trades. Um, that this off or the season, uh, the latest one, Dwayne Dedman talked on that one briefly, just touched it the other day. Um, but when you look at Jakob Pertl, uh, the things are heating up. Gary Trent Jr. The, the Toronto Raptors have been wanting Jakob back since they traded him down here for Kawhi. <laughs> All right, they've been wanting him back ever since then. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. is in, is in the the um, trade talks for that, according to Mark Stein. Looking at other reports, uh, Boston is reportedly interested in Jakob Pertl as well. Uh, swapped a first, you know, again, traded a, a former lottery pick in Romeo Langford down to San Antonio, as well as a first-round pick and Josh Richardson last year uh, to, to acquire Derek White. Uh, the, the asking price, my understanding on the asking price from multiple reports, is Jakob Pertl two first-round picks. Now, I understand they're not first-rounders like the NFL, but the way it depends on what draft that you don't want 2029, which is what the Lakers were offering for Kyrie Irving. Right. All right. That, that, that does you no good. But if you can get lottery tickets in this year's lottery, it's like, it's, it's like right now is the $1 billion lottery and you want to buy as many tickets in this lottery as you can. Because if Wembenyama is that guy or even Scoot Henderson, the consolation prize, if either one of those two is that guy, then you want to have as many of those tickets in the first round in your possession as possible, because it just increases your odds if that team if a team falls off or where where that pick comes from, or the opportunity to even trade up. But I see, think this is that's the thing, what you want in but this, this year. But this is why I go back to why I bring up the NFL analogy comparison. This is the thing. Like that's I'm glad there's a nice segue because I say, what are you really acquiring picks for? Like you said, unless they're spread out for years, nobody's trading up in the NBA. Like if who if the Spurs are unfortunate to not land the number one spot, whoever gets that number one spot, they're not trading the number one pick. This is why I'm saying like this whole the the, the GMs are fooling y'all, man, in the NBA. This whole situation acquiring these first round picks is it's it's like there it's almost like it's an inflation. Like they say, well, the U.S. dollar ain't really worth that no more because we have half the debt to China and all that. them first round picks, man. If like, like the teams, let's see, there's gonna be. Spurs, give me some of the bottom bottom feeders right now. Well, your bottom in the NBA. Your bottoms right now are are the Hornets. Okay, Hornets. I was going to throw okay. them in there. And the Spurs technically have their pick this year, but it's protected uh, through the top seventeen. So Spurs won't get that one as long as the Hornets have better than the worst seventeen records. Uh, the the Houston Rockets are right down there with you. Uh, okay, even so, the Lakers, that pick is owned by the Pelicans. Right. So all those teams that you named, if they get the number one pick, they're not traded. The Spurs could have six number one. They're not. They're not giving the number one pick up. Uh, correct. But again, this is not because this is not the NFL. Because it doesn't just go to the team with the worst record. Because you can't just tank a thon and and get the worst record, and now you get the right. first pick. Right. This is about getting the getting as many ping pong balls as possible, and the worst the worst record a team has. The more ping pong balls outside of the top, th- the, the bottom three, then it's, it's, it's a scaling back as to how many more ping pong balls you get in that. In that right, as worse as you are. But what I'm saying is, what does acquiring a key quantity first round picks have to do with that? Because you're, they, getting, because you're getting other teams' ping pong balls. Okay, so if you're acquiring bottom 14 teams and you're getting their first round pick in this year's draft. Right. It's about increasing your odds. So you have your bottom three team. I think the number is 14% chance of landing the first overall pick. So then if you go ahead and you add in the eighth worst team, 
because you can acquire their first round lottery pick and you get their ping pong percentages. Now you can maybe increase that to 20%. And you're increasing that because you feel like if they own these other picks this year, that if they fall like a top lottery guy is going to fall all the way to them. I, I'm, I'm losing. No, no, not, not that a top lottery guy falls to them. You get more ping pong balls in the cage you with, get, with your name on them. So the, because you would own that team's ping pong balls. You know, so basically what you're saying, you're just looking at it. It's not about moving up. It's not about that. You're looking at it from things like acquire the first round because, therefore, even if it goes your way and you land a top three, but if you trade and you got somebody else's 10th and 12th and 15th, that's the way you're looking at it. Yeah, because you would, do these, you would do these deals ahead of, you know, you want to you do, the, do the trades now for picks, for this year's first round picks. Right unprotected hopefully because again you don't want it to be first round protected because if or, or first overall but most of these people you wouldn't get that pick then but not to cut you off but most of these people that were acquiring about yaka or even richard these are going to be contending teams most but likely but that's why you have to bring in another team to do a deal i, I you just bring in a, you, a team that's not gonna or, or somebody who owns a team's right again the, the pelicans could end up with the first overall pick all right because they have the lakers Pick this year unprotected, and they could still make the playoffs. Well, I, and then you get to pair Zion Williamson with with Victor Wembanyama, and good luck to the NBA. Yeah, it sounds good. I, I think Victor is going to end up with one of the bottom teams or whoever does this on a nightly basis and lose the most games and give them the chances. It all it doesn't always you're right. It's not the NFL, it's not slotted, but the bottom line is over the last few years, since they've even changed the percentage a little bit on these lottery balls, the teams that have really lost the nightly basis like your San Antonio Spurs are doing, they usually land where they're supposed to land in that top three or top four pick. Houston's been at the bottom. Houston has picked at one. I think they picked at three last year. They picked like in the top three, two out of the last three years. Something like that. At least the top five. The last two years they've picked in the top three. Okay. And they've been sucking, you know what, on the court. Again, I'm going to beat this drum so we can move on. The number one picks, dude, the GMs have sold y'all a bag of goods. They're not as sexy and mean really anything, and you don't have to play connect the dots like, well, we own all these first-round picks. Then if we don't get free, then we get that person 15, 12. I don't believe most GMs even operate with that. It's just the fact of it is it sounds like a first-round. Okay, a first-round. In the NFL, you can acquire first rounds and move up because somebody got the number one pick, like Chicago, 98%, they don't need a quarterback. So you can get these picks to move up. That don't play in the NBA, but I see the way you were trying to break it down. But moving on. So there you go, Adam. We gave you a long-winded answer there for your Spurs talk. And likely Um, they will move. Richardson is another piece. I know you want to keep him, uh, but this is the last year of his contract. Yeah, so he's he's definitely a trade kit. That's just me with Sam being selfish. I think think you have a better chance of keeping Yaka to tell you the truth that you keep Richardson. Because I think with Yaka, eventually, man, the Spurs have traded off picks. The guys they've drafted in the first round in the last few years not even on this team anymore and eventually you got to keep you got to keep some talent and I just think that I don't care what there are two first rounds in my opinion is not sexy enough to trade Yaka if we got a size problem down here could you imagine what Yaka could do if they do get Wimbamba could you imagine what he plays then in year number two or three of Wimbamba that's what I'm saying man they just sold y'all a ballot of goods about trading these ones and all that it is they don't they don't see the floor together Seven five and seven foot. 
Why and not? Jakob's going to be close to 30 at that point. Wimba, Wimba can play. In, he looks like a guy from what I've seen. I like, there's a couple positions on the floor he can play. He, I mean, we, I mean, the the home that's built the twin towers, the organization tenant. You tell me because we got two guys over six ten can't be on the court at the same time. What uh, David Robinson rolling around in his grave right now, and he ain't even passed away. What are you talking about? And in, especially in this NBA, you heard LeBron last night. I can play all five positions. If this guy Wimbamba is who we who you sold me him to be, who you came in here, uh, you're like, hey man, look at these clips. Uh, we need a tank. If he's this guy Tony Parker tells me he is, uh, he can play on the court in a couple. There could be room for Yaka or somebody. If it ain't Yaka, somebody else could be big too. Because Yaka is size, but he ain't doing no – the pick and roll, yes. But he gives – he's no intimidator at the rim. And that's what this franchise has been missing for years. They have no rim protector. I love Yaka, his pick and roll, his pop right there. He does the dirty work. He intimidates nobody coming to the rim. So if they so if you're being offered two first round picks and move him because he's gonna his 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 asking price this summer is looking to be around twenty five million. Okay. Are you looking? To, are you gonna pay a young franchise where you're at right now and you turn down the off opportunity to get picks for him at this point to trade him to a contender and you're going to have to pay him twenty five million dollars a year when he doesn't he again he great in the pick and roll. Awesome on the glass. He needs protection, but he doesn't. But he doesn't have mid. He doesn't have a mid range game. He needs. He does not shoot them from outside. He, he needs protection. He needs another big with him. We have been lacking a big down here, and that's great. Forever. If you so, if you land Wembenyama in this draft, I think, if you if you get right. him, but the odds of you getting him, let's say you get another big. Let's say that you don't get Wimbaugh, but you get another big. My point is, and we can move it's on. Not working with him is that Collins we, right now. Anyway. We can move on. The bottom line is, is that Yak is he's a talent. At the end of the day, you've got to, the whole moral of my take is you've got to keep some of this talent. And $25 million, Yak, if that's the price, they ain't paying nobody else. They ain't paying nobody else in years. Period. I, it can, like all these picks are quality. Because, like, yes, when Baba doesn't put them as a playoff contender next year, even if they get the number one. So you're going to have to start building some vets around them, too. You want to keep a vet. Go look at Minnesota, what I just said, and go look at uh, Memphis. They don't have any vets there. So there's a thin line with basically selling off vets because you want to acquire picks. And then when you get somebody like when Baba, you have no vets to let them know how to adapt to the NBA life. Well, Minnesota has D'Angelo Russell right now. You've got Carl Anthony Towns. You've got Rudy Gobert. I think that they have almost too many de- uh, vets. No, those, that's a mixture of guys that just don't work together. And those vets that you just said, they ain't really, they ain't got no respect. They ain't got no skins on the wall. Yak has been in the system. It's a different type of system down here. I'm just saying some guidance. 877-374-7463. Moving on to NFL, Super Bowl week. We've got some news and other developments coming in off the field uh, before we get into Super Bowl week. Because the only thing that really came out to me yesterday, and that was kind of like their last day really meeting the media, is Patrick Mahomes talking about how his ankle has approved, how this whole, you know, high ankle sprain, how he's doing a lot of stuff. You know, they've had trainers around the clock with him. Only time will tell what it looks like Sunday. I think he will be better than he was in the conference championship game, but I don't think he'll be 100%. Tomorrow will be the time that I really give you, and Friday will be the time I'll let you know who I'm rolling with. But I think tomorrow is when I'll start getting into what I think the keys are for both sides of the ball because I didn't want to spend all week breaking this game down X and O's because there's enough outlets out there that's doing that to the nauseam. We'll get into that tomorrow. Some of the other off-the-field NFL news, okay? First off, let me start with this. 
the Pro Bowl that we just witnessed in flag football, this showed you, and what has just come out shows you why the NFL is king and they are pretty much Teflon and they do what they want to do. The ratings for this flag football game pulled a 6.2. Okay. 6.2 million. Okay. Well, in the ratings term, but yeah, 6.2 million. To put that in perspective for you, the Colorado Avalanche versus the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Stanley Cup Finals drew a 4-2, I believe. I think it was a 4-2, 4.2 million. A flag football game. Now, keep in mind, this is an event, the Pro Bowl, that has been bashed for the last, like, six, seven, eight years. Because of the effort that's given, because no one cared, no one. Did. So this is an event that most of the diehard NFL fans don't really want to take time to watch anyway. It pulled a six point two. Not to bang on hockey, okay? Because I consider myself a guy that a passerby hockey guy that pays attention every once in a while. That's really there also for the playoffs when it start. But put that in perspective. You have a flag football pro a Pro Bowl game that pulls a six point two. 877-374-7463. What do you got? You got something? Else? Well, just that uh, per pro football talk, it is worth noting that it's down from 6.7 million last year with we're a traditional t- format. But we're talking flag football, man. Very true. Okay. Like I said, for what it's worth yeah. noting. No, I got you. I, I don't care what it is. I, a 6-2 for flag football? Okay. I don't know if I don't know if the female lingerie game can get a pull of 6-2 in the middle of um, basketball season, college season. I mean, that's just that that's just lets you know that it's almost like a it's almost like an addiction in this country, the NFL. Like it's almost by habit. Like if it's NFL, I gotta tune in to Lisey, whatever, even though I know this is gonna be trash. It's just crazy, man. It's crazy. But that's why the shield is king. When we get back, we've got a visit update for Derek Carr that I want to talk about. Also, Aaron Rodgers lets everybody know what he has to do to make his decision, and I'm not letting Carl slide by. See what he posted on Facebook Live. I'm not letting him slide. Carl's a cheesehead. I'm not letting him slide on that, but we'll talk about that when we get back. 877-374-7463. You'll listen to the Sports Crime. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 
Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.